Hi there, Tom D'Antoni of Oregon Music News with the fourth of the weekly coffee shop conversations direct from the cupping room of the World Cup Coffee and Tea Shop at Northwest 18th and Gleason. Today it's a shorter version than usual. Byron Beck came in and told me he had to leave in a half an hour. Busy man, I suppose. Yes, I was a little annoyed, but that's showbiz. While he was here, he was very thoughtful, and you'll enjoy hearing him. Next time, it's music journalist Robert Hamm. Then a fabulous conversation with filmmaker Beth Harrington. She has a documentary on the Carter family called The Winding Stream. Week after that, it's cellist Skip Von Kuski of the Portland Cello Project and Vagabond Opera and lots of other bands. You know Byron Beck from his days at the Oregonian and for his column in Willamette Week. He currently writes for GoLocalPDX.com. One thing I wanted to find out was what kind of pressures he was under being the quote-unquote gay columnist in the straight press. But that's not how we start. Byron. Hello, how are you? I'm good. Where uh, where, uh, where have you been and where are you going today? <laughs> uh, where have I been? I was at KXL doing a radio show that uh-huh. I do every Thursday with uh, Val Stouffer. And uh, then I'm uh, back to work to finish up a story that I'm working on uh, for tomorrow's issue. Would that be the opening of Wild? No, no. I already did that. Okay. Uh, that went up uh, earlier this week, the Reese Witherspoon movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was an interesting party and production. What was so interesting about the party? Um, it wasn't very Portland. It was a giant L.A. premiere plunked down in the middle of sleepy little northwest Portland. <laughs> was it fun? It was fun. Yeah. What did you do? You took pictures first. Uh, well, we I, I tried. I mean, I wasn't. I, I didn't want to be paparazzi. Uh, I was uh, lucky enough to get a couple of tickets to the screening, mm-hmm. and uh, it was uh, one of three screenings I think that were in Portland. But this was the one that where the actual star of the film, Reese Witherspoon and Laura Dern, and the director John Mark Valley, were uh, to appear. And uh, <laughs> I uh, was lucky enough to get in. I was lucky yeah. enough to get a couple of seats in the front row. So I was able to really experience the experience that is a, a Hollywood premiere in Portland, yeah. Oregon. Well, you're not a paparazzi, but people do expect you to take pictures. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah it's a weird thing. Uh, they do expect me to take pictures. Uh, I've been doing that since 1989 uh, when I started working for a publication called The Downtowner. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, I I don't like to uh, stalk or try to impose or intrude on celebrities' lives. Although some people would say differently, it's it's not the goal of what I do. <laughs> no, nobody thinks you're a paparazzi. <laughs> people think you're a writer, right? Right. And that's what you consider yourself primarily, right? Yeah, I don't know what I really consider myself, but yeah, I guess a writer's as close as it gets. Oh, you do know what you consider yourself. No, I, don't I, mean, I would that. just call myself a writer. Yeah, probably. yeah, of course you are. Um, and was you didn't start writing with a downtowner, right? Uh, actually, that was in 1989. It yeah. was uh, I was hired to the ad staff, advertising staff, and a friend <laughs> of mine was doing a column about 
that was the social column, and she didn't like doing it. Mm-hmm. So she asked if I would fill in for her without telling anyone, if I would just uh, uh, do it as kind of ghostwrite it for her. And the boss found out, and she said, no, 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 we don't mix editorial and the ad side. And, well, she said, but I really like your stuff, so keep doing it. And that lasted for eight years. So, wow. uh, I, yeah, I've always taken pictures at events. Uh, I've always gone to parties and but really that was the where it all kind of started and where I kind of built my niche in uh-huh. Portland uh-huh. which is uh cover covering I, I guess uh party culture and celebrity culture. Yeah. And people expect that of you now though, right? Yeah, I think that they do. Uh, I definitely do. That's a big part of what I do at my new job which is at golocalpdx.com. I want to I want to I want you to talk about that in a minute, but but People are disappointed if you don't take their picture now, right? Uh, I don't know. I, don't <laughs> I am. Uh, I try to not think about that. I try to not give it that much uh, a thought. Uh, I, I try to go have a good time. I try to make sure to get a flavor of the event. And I try to not you know, get in too many people's way. But yeah, they definitely people definitely want their picture taken. <laughs> it's the people that really want their picture taken that's the hardest people to take a picture of. Why? Um, I don't know. It's a it's a it's a weird dance, you know. Uh, I'd rather approach you and talk to you and have it maybe a little, you know. I'd like to find something that I think I can get capture. Rather than being told, you do this, you do that, you do this. Uh, I very rarely work from a shot list, which is basically somebody telling me you have to take these people's pictures. I only do that when I'm hired by the company to do that. Uh And I'm rarely hired by a company to cover an event. I usually do. I've always done it pretty much on my own. So you were eight years at downtown, right? Yeah, it was eight years. Oh, seven years. Seven years till it closed. Uh, it closed. Cease publication in April twenty fifth of nineteen ninety five. Were you? Did you? Did you pattern your writing after anybody? Uh, you know, it's funny when you say that. I I, I thought of Truman Capote a lot. Yeah. And I thought of uh, Dominic Dunn. Uh-huh. And uh, Musto. What? Michael Musto. Uh, yeah, Musto's great, but I, I wouldn't, you know, I, yeah, that's funny you say that. Back then, I probably would, that was more like when I was a Willamette Week. Yeah. Um, and that was uh, my next iteration of what I did as for a job. <coughs> well, it was actually two iterations. Eventually, I got to Willamette Week, and Michael <laughs> Musto was more of a uh, an inspiration there because I could have a, a much clearer queer voice yeah i i got to be gay and uh i got to be myself uh now, when were, you, I was, were you out when you were at the downtowner i was out but it wasn't a t- I, I was definitely out i mean yeah. there was no question i was out uh, yeah. but it was not something we really it wasn't something i covered uh-huh. and it wasn't uh-huh. i wasn't uh i wasn't speaking for any community yeah so uh, yeah, I mean, but so yeah, it was more of a, it was more of a social thing. It would, to me, it was more like there was a thing that uh, Truman Capote used to do with Bay Paley, and uh, he called them his swans. And mm-hmm. I always like to think of the people that I was covering, like Arlene Schnitzer and 
and people like that as my swans. Swans. Uh, so yeah, Sarah Perry, Betty Sinclair, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Victoria Starr, Dr. Albert Starr's wife. They were all my swans, and so it was always my job to be the um, stem to their rose, uh-huh. you know, and always make sure that they look really good. Uh-huh. So I was just kind of, I was trying to, if anything, I was trying to emulate more town and country uh, uh-huh. and stuff like that. That was with the downtowner, but that was a long, long time ago. Yeah. That was 25 years ago. Did you get hired at the at Willamette Week to be intentionally gay? Uh, <laughs> it's a really interesting question. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, after I left downtowner, I worked at the Oregonian. I was a contributor at the yeah. Oregonian for f- five years, mm-hmm. and I really, really, really wanted to work at the Oregonian. At Who the didn't? Time. Yeah. And yeah. when I was that? What? That when was, was that? 1995-ish, 2000. Oh, and, what a, it, was a, it was a hell of a paper back then. Yeah, it was. And I wrote for the Living Section a lot back yeah, then. And so did yeah. I. I, I yeah. had was, a I was thrilled column. to be in the Living Section. Yeah. It was a wonderful, it was really a wonderful thing. And it paid really well then. It did. Freelance. <laughs> uh, I uh, contributed a lot to uh, the A&E section at that time, and I yeah. also had a lot in the Living Section, and mm-hmm. it was always a thrill to kind of, uh, be a part of that, and then every once in a while, I would fill in for uh, the. At the time, I think it was called In One Ear, but it's now called yeah. Seen and Heard. Yeah. And that's back when it was uh, you had an actual social writer and yeah. somebody covering the social scene. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I worked for them, but when I got hired, but did to, you do you remember when when uh, the Sunday Living section? Yeah. I wrote a three-page piece yeah. for them one time on an all-night bingo parlor. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that's when writing, uh, well, seemed to uh, mean more to them. Yeah. I hate to say it. Uh, well, but you know, it's obvious, you know. And they were very, uh, and it's funny because back then, if I got an assignment and I had uh, only two or three weeks to work on, I felt like that was too little of a time because yeah. I really, yeah. they were really wanting Thoughtful, uh, real, real reporting. Uh, yep. Expect us to be real journalists, yep. and yep. Yep. Uh, so um, yeah, we I worked real hard to uh, to make that work. Mm-hmm. I w- I was hoping to get hired there, and then uh, an opportunity came up from Willamette Week in which they approached me. Um, it was weird because they wanted me to do a little freelance, mm-hmm. and I said sure. And then the Oregonian got wind of that I was doing freelance for them, and they said uh, that he can do all the freelance he wants for Willamette Week, but he'll never do freelance for us again. <laughs> and so uh, I freelancing is when you contribute, and but you don't get yeah, you're not employed. Right. Uh, right. So I ended up imagine uh, them saying that now. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I could see actually, I could see it happen. Uh, 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 so when I uh, I was offered an opportunity and. I think I was, in most of the situations, I've always been paid more for my ideas than for my words. Hmm. And so that was very true at the Oregonian when I first started because I wasn't much of a writer. Mm-hmm. And uh, But with the Willamette Week, it was really about exploring really uh, the far edges of what I was capable of doing as a writer and as a columnist. Scary and, that, and fun. Yeah, and we, you know, the whole reason I did uh, the gay column and why I became in, uh, the voice of that for the gay community there was because Dan Savage was coming to town. Yeah. And uh, the Mercury 
was just about to launch. Uh, Dan Savage had run for a very short period in the Willamette Week and had some weird falling out with uh, the people there. Mm -hmm. And then he was going to come in with the Mercury. And I think they wanted to have a gay voice in the Willamette Week. And it was also at the time a lot of gay issues were uh, really huge on and about to become huge on the horizon. And so I started there in 2000, and I think within two months I was doing uh, Queer Window, and I did that, and you know I did that column until I, I was uh, laid off in 2008. Did you see yourself as some sort of Jackie Robinson? No. No. I mean, there 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 had been lots of of, uh, I, I like of to gay call, publications before that. Yeah, but. but I like to call myself at the time the most hated man in Portland, <laughs> and I mean, and I did stuff to deserve that. I would uh, I would think that some of the stuff I wrote in retrospect was not well thought out in the sense that I didn't understand all of what I was talking about, and. Uh, that I think that comes with age. You get older, life changes, and yes. you learn stuff. And the stuff. But I was encouraged to, you know, to, mm -hmm. to really uh, to take a stand mm -hmm. and have an opinion mm -hmm. and be a vocal, a very vocal voice for the local gay community. Mm -hmm. And uh, what a responsibility! It was, you know, but. It was uh, a kind of an unfair thing I put on myself. Absolutely. You know? And I would say I did it more myself to myself huh. than the community did to me. And I just uh, – uh, somebody's called it a bully pulpit. Yes. And uh, I would have to agree that sometimes it, it, it veered in that direction. More bully than pulpit? Um <laughs> I, you know, considering all of what I went through as growing up, uh, being yeah. bullied and stuff, that it's yeah. surprising that, and for once in a while, I became that person too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what what changed that? Just what, the, what, the evolution of. I think losing the job. I think <laughs> you know lose. I mean, uh, and uh, and really. Having to find my voice that that was beyond just uh, what it is to be gay and what it is, mm -hmm. you know, I, I had to really, 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 really kind of try to figure out what that was because mm -hmm. the next iteration was basically a blog, which yeah. I had done from uh, 2008 to 2014 mm -hmm. um, and still have it. It still exists. I just haven't uh, contributed it for a long time. It's called ByronBeck.com. And when I left the Willamette Week, I always said, same story, yeah. different stage. Yes. But really what it was was I no longer wanted to be the voice of a community because I, I was never the voice of a community in the first place. Yeah. So it was unfair to think of myself that way anymore. And I had kind of fooled myself into thinking I was a voice for one community. Mm -hmm. But I, I was, was, was one of very uh, many voices. Yeah. And I have to say, since then, there are a lot more voices. And and it seems like uh, people don't need one publication or one institution 
to tell them what to think about a certain uh, part of part of the community. Um, and I think that's, you know, if I would have stayed at Willamette Week, they would have gotten rid of Queer Window, I'm sure of it, because they never mm -hmm. ever thought it served a purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, so. But of course it did. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing that that uh, that that one one voice isn't needed anymore. It's a wonderful thing. It's a. It, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. And, but I think. Yeah. You're seeing the stuff like what's happening across the nation with mm -hmm. um, voices rising up out of situations such as Ferguson that you you realize that voices have to be heard mm -hmm. or are not being heard or have been the ones that have been dismissed. Uh, we really should do everything in our effort to listen to them. Hmm. So how, how has your writing evolved? I mean, you, you found your voice at, at, at Willamette Week, right? I think it goes, uh, I don't know how it's evolved because sometimes I think it's, uh, become worse in the sense that <laughs> I'm not as uh, willing to risk everything. Uh, I'm starting to get that back a little bit with Go Local, uh -huh. but uh, but I think in some ways it's probably improved because I'm uh, less likely to run off my, you know, foam off, do something, just, I'm less likely to just say something because it sounds cool. Hmm. You know, or it, I, it, it's it, I, I, I think I'm more. I think uh, the story has become more important than the writer, and that's uh -huh. definitely if if I have to say one thing about how I've improved as a writer is that I am no longer the story. You know, uh -huh. the story is the story. Yeah. So, but don't I, you think I re rarely write in first person. I rarely. Right about myself. Yeah, yeah. When when I started writing music news, that's the one thing that I had to to beat into every writer was leave the personal pronoun I yeah. at the door. Yeah, it, I just, I just don't think people care. You know, I don't think they care about what you have to say. Now here's the thing: somebody like you, I think people do care because they know who you are. Well, and they no, think no. they know who I am. Well, they know that. Well, they 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 know what they've read of you. They may not know. <laughs> they may not know your secrets. You're giving me way too much credit. Um, I, don't think so. I would just say. I don't think so. That, I, I, you know. That uh, I, I think the I, just like swear words, are lazy. Yeah. And uh, I think talk. We live in such an I culture that the thing that bothers me the most about really young writers is I really don't care what you had for dinner. Exactly. I, no, it's it's the whole coming out of the, the whole blog culture. Yeah. You know, and I, and I have said to, to my writers over and over, this is not a blog, this is a magazine. Mm -hmm. We don't, you know, uh, and for that, for that reason, we don't have a lot of reviews. Mm -hmm. We've got previews. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I think that's profiles, smart. I think that's really smart. Know? I think more people are curious about what's coming up than what's been. And the yeah. easiest, as, as we know, the easiest thing in the world to do is write snark. Mm -hmm. It's easy. It's yeah. fun. It's easy. And it's bullshit. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's really brings me to my current publication, which is a digital uh, news source called GoLocalPDX.com, mm -hmm. which I think is going to change how people read the news. Um, and it is not a blog. 
It is not um, just people spouting off. It is a very well thought out publication trying to capture the day's news in Portland. Yeah. It started out of in Providence, Rhode Island at Go Local Providence. It's called golocalprov.com, and then it went to Worcester, Massachusetts, and now it's in Portland. Yeah. And I just think it's really uh, – it's a very interesting model for uh, looking at news and, and culture. And I, I'm the features editor over there, and I write a lot on a daily basis, uh, and I cover the lifestyle beat. Yeah, yeah. No, it's very impressive. You know, I mean, people – I know everyone who's seen it hopes that it can succeed where everyone else has failed in, yeah, in, in, I, I in, think in journalism online. I think it really our, – our, our fearless leader, Josh Fenton, um, I think he's kind of figured it out. And mm -hmm. uh, he really knows what he needs to do. And it's definitely proven itself in the other markets. Mm -hmm. uh, they're very successful. And it's uh, definitely an organization and a company and a model uh, of how we uh, – uh, that we should watch. We're very lean on our staff. Uh -huh. uh, we have very few staffers. Uh, we work our butts off, uh, and we try to cover the news, and we try to stay ahead of it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't know if I could do it today without though the experiences I had since I've my 25 years in journalism. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I'm not really a journalist in the sense that I'm just firing back. You know, and I. Yeah. Uh, I've been really lucky to have been able to be in uh, what we call old media or, you know, uh, the traditional journalism models. Mm -hmm. uh, so now that I'm working in this model, which is so fast, it's so quick, it's yes. so fast that uh, that I I'm able to just. Uh, Take whatever I've learned and just uh, kind of just live it mm -hmm. in this new, new this the news this new way of finding out news. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. It's really interesting. Yeah, stylistically, uh, uh, as your writing changed at all? Uh, well, of course it has. It has to because it's uh, about it's more about SEOs, search yeah. engine optimization. It's mm -hmm. you write headlines that. Uh, I would not traditionally write, but they're, they're headlines uh, which are uh, very simple and very direct and very much uh, explains to the reader what your story is. Yep. And uh, so all those wonderfully snarky, silly headlines. Can't do them. The, well, they don't. No. There's no way to – you don't find them. Right. There's no way – they're not going to be – they're not going to break through all the other stuff that's out there right then. Yeah. So imagine variety. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I mean, I think it's changing every how everyone. I don't think it's changing if us as writers as much as changing a little bit how we write our headlines, yeah. and how we write our opening sentences. Yes. Yeah. It is yeah. definitely changing that. Yeah. Um, if, you know, and that's good and bad. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm trying to not judge it because the reality is, if if you judge it, then you 
you're, I think it's too early to judge it. I think what it is, it just is the way it is right now. And in a weird way, I'm just really glad yeah. that um, we have outlets, that we can do this, at least try this. Um, so uh, does this mean you're working harder? Uh, uh, sure. Yeah, I am working harder. <laughs> I'm working harder than I've ever worked in my life. Is that good? Um, so far? I'm only three months in. We started on August 27th, so yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it is good. It is good. I, I mean, it's not work. I it's work I like doing. So yeah. of course, and I don't mind hard work. Um, do you watch the newsroom? Sure. Have you been watching this season? Yes. Um, it's really interesting to watch the this particular season because it's really new journalism compared to old journalism. Yes. And everything has to do with old journalists or the old journalism model of broadcast right. compared to the new journalism of uh, where yeah. it's not about TVs, it's more about... And they're both very broadly drawn. Yeah, and they are yeah. broadly drawn, but yeah. it's really interesting how in almost every situation of every character's relationship, there's a new journalism aspect to it and an old journalism aspect to it, and yeah. it's the... I have to believe because I have no else to believe, but I have to believe out of this, something new will, uh, uh, will arise that will have the ethics, standards, and principles of, mm -hmm. of what we've been told to be as writers mm -hmm. with the energy, focus, and speed of new journalism. Yeah, it's, it's been interesting how... Um, Oregon Music News has evolved over this sure. period of time also. Sure. Well, you're a print publication, which is uh, we uh, went the other way. counterintuitive. Yeah. yeah, we went the other way, but that's, that's only because we were offered an incredible deal. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's just but like, doesn't it recreate so much more work for you now? No. Okay. No, it doesn't, as a matter of fact. It's, 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 um, yes, it's more work, but uh, I, I've, it, it's so exciting. First of all, so I've been doing Oregon Music News for six years, mm -hmm. okay, every single day of my life, okay, and it can tend to get a little old, <laughs> you know, even though, you know, I mean, the, and the, the musical landscape really isn't changing that much. Mm -hmm. It just isn't, you know. Um, and I think it is. I don't think it is. I think it is so much. I, we'll talk about. I, I hear... I hear the same song is done by younger people. That's well, it. that's about it. But I think how the delivery system, the delivery system's different. I'm talking about the music itself. Okay. You know, I mean, I'm always thinking of delivery systems. I'm well, always thinking how you get your message across. Yeah, who you get your I, message it, across I mean, and how you delivery systems change weekly. I mean, and I think know? like if you look at your cover girl, Storm Large, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've never seen that woman's tour more than she is right now. Right. Uh, I was talking to Jane Seabury. I don't know if you know her. She's yeah, we had we we had a, Anessa did a, a wonderful interview with her. She's on, great. On, on the site last week. Yeah, uh, yeah she's yeah, great. Yeah. And she just did something with Katie Lang, and she was yeah. talking about how uh, about the delivery system right. and how hard it is. Uh, it's to, impossible. Yeah. I mean, okay, first CD sales went. They're gone. Mm -hmm. Now downloads are going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it's, it's... I it's, mean, the music will just live. Right. And the live experience is where musicians will, I think, make their, their bank. 
Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, music will always live, just like print. I mean, uh, yes. words will always live. Yes. What we do, you know, it's the same thing with newspapers, right? Yes. Newspapers no longer really exist. Magazines are going away. Right. You go into Rich's Cigar Store and there's nobody in there right. because nobody's buying a magazine. Yeah. And, uh, and cigars are bad for you. But... Uh, <laughs> But, it's still good. <laughs> but if I do go in there, I do see people buying cigars. I never see them buying magazines. Yeah. Uh, but it's just everything's going to be for free. Right. And that's really coming at a high cost for right. culture. It's coming to a high cost for writers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, for, that's for sure. I, I, you know, I, yeah. 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 You know, um, I'm not saying that there's not great new music being made. Don't get me wrong. I mean, take Liv Warfield. Yeah. You know, I mean. A uh, wonderful musician. And a wonderful person. Yep. Absolutely. You know, I mean, um, and and thank God for her. And, and we're all happy for her success. But, you know, as far as reinventing new musical forms and things like that, it's not happening. It's not happening. There's, right. there's really not much left to to. There's, I guess, there's always something new that, that you know. But, to, you know, art is do, dead. Art is dead. Art is dead. You know, you can course. always say that. You can always say that. I'm not saying it's dead. I'm just saying I'm not. I'm not. You know, I'm not seeing anything really new happening. Okay. You know, everything is is because. Because I'm old, and but, everything is related to some earlier form. You know, it's so funny okay. to say that. Okay, you can use the old excuse if you want, but, you know, Portland's a pretty, pretty amazing space. Uh, oh, I was God, just, yes. I, and, you know, I was just on the phone, and it's going to name drop. I'm going to name drop. I apologize. Mm -hmm. Name dropping now. Uh, I was on the phone with Martha Davis from the motels yeah. just like two minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, she's very sweet. She's trying to put together a band in Portland. For yeah. her January show, right? And I was just we were. I was saying, well, you should put together a super band. And I really shouldn't be talking about this on the yeah. your show, but yeah. but we were talking about all the wonderful musicians that are here that would make such a great super band for her. Absolutely. Uh, and you know, and then I just ran into the met him in the shower, uh, the locker room at the gym today was the sound man for the Stones, uh -huh. and he lives here now. Um, <laughs> Everybody and lives here now. I know. <laughs> And you know, and I mean, you know, people. I mean, people don't know. I, I guess people, some people know because we've covered. But Tucker Martin is here. Steve Berlin is here. Yeah. All those people, you know, it's yeah. great. This is, yeah. a, I mean, this is, a, this is, it's, a, it's a paradise. Yeah. It Lane really Spangs, Corn Tucker. Yeah. 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 Um, we we have a, 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 a in our piece on '80s icons in the, in the current issue of the magazine. There's a there's a, a an item on on Martha. Oh, I love Martha. Yeah, yeah. She, you know, she she loves Oregon. She yeah. loves it so much, and yeah, she's yeah. on the road most of the time now because that's where she makes her money. It's where everybody makes their money. Yeah, and so. But they uh, live here. But they live here. Yeah, there's so many people like that. Yeah. So yeah, I find it fascinating what's happening in the music world because it's very relatable to what I do as a writer and sure. and how much it's changed. Yeah, I mean, there's so many people that you can name. Who who live here but make their money? David Friesen mm -hmm. travels the world playing bass. Mm -hmm. lives here. He plays plays wine bars here. Mm -hmm. You know, he plays the uh, on that wine bar way out Stark. Patrick Lamb. Second. Patrick Lamb, of course. And, uh, and Tommy uh, Thayer. Glenn Moore. I mean, yeah. you know, just, you, we we could just sit here and go back and forth yeah. with names. 
But no, this is uh, uh, I, I, when I, as soon as I moved here in '97, I, I said this is paradise. Yeah. I was walking I, shortly after I moved here. I'm walking down the street downtown, and all of a sudden, around the corner comes a 50-piece Brazilian marching band. Yeah. The first time I saw the lions about to cut, yeah. you know, and I went, oh, I'm living in the right place. Yeah. Now you're you're from out the Dalles? Yeah. How did way? you know that? I don't read it somewhere. Okay, yeah, I grew up yeah. in the Dalles. I, well, I was born in the Dalles, and then it gets a lot worse. Uh, I uh, <laughs> ended up in a little town called Grand Coulee, and then I ended up wow. in a town called Burbank, Washington, outside of the Tri-Cities. Wow. And my claim to fame is I was in the graduating class of 1980 with a guy named Chuck Palahniuk, who wrote uh, the book Fight Club. <laughs> So that's my claim to fame. So he went on to much success. You knew him? Yeah, I grew up with him. Okay. I mean, we went oh, yeah. from sixth yeah. grade to wow. uh, senior year, cap and gowns in the bathroom, getting ready for. Uh, <laughs> he got the hell out of town, out of Dodge, the day after graduation. How he long always, did it take you? Uh, two years. Wow. Two years, but he was like encouraging me to to get the hell out of there too. Him and a woman named Frances Dagler. But yeah, uh, Chuck was great. Uh, yeah. And I used to talk to him. We used to read really weird books like Hollywood Babylon. And oh, yeah. All these old uh, books yeah. about how Clark Gable was when he was young and blah. <laughs> and we never talked about, you know, issues of around our, uh, our what, what we really wanted to talk about, but we always talked about movies. We were always yeah. fascinated. And he, uh, yeah, he was a good guy. I tried to, uh, fit in and he never fit in and that was what made him so wonderful yeah yeah i mean he fit in he, he i think he was class president uh, one, uh for our senior year but but he uh he always just always was himself never fearless about that do you still try to fit in of course yeah. oh i don't i don't know yeah <laughs> i still asking, try to fit know? in of course yeah yeah, yeah I, I i think the one reason people don't realize why i started taking pictures other than doing that for that column, why I continue to take pictures is I never feel like I fit in. And the camera makes it really easy for me to uh, engage and uh, hide at the same time yes. so that people never really get to see me. Well, we are writers. Yeah. Writers never fit in. Yeah. We sit there. We don't get applause. Yeah. No one. No, yeah. No. Um, yeah. I agree with you. I agree yeah. with you completely. Yeah. But that's why at our, at our launch party last week, I had everyone. I introduced each writer, you know, one by one, and had everyone applaud. Oh, because sweet! Because writers never get applause. Yeah, that's really sweet of you to do that. <laughs> that's nice of you to do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. great that you have Storm on the cover. Talk about somebody who deserves applause. Totally. Yeah. She's just wonderful. Yeah. She's one of the hardest women, hardest working people I've ever met. And nicest. Nicest. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and kind. It's, kind. It's, and it's funny. I did the first TV piece on her for Organ Art Beat in 11 years ago when she was doing her Dante's thing. And, and I was shooting the rehearsal. And she was doing all that crazy stuff she was doing at the time, you know, singing uh, Hopelessly Devoted, holding an axe and all that stuff, right? It was great. And, you know, and during the rehearsal, she was just, just sitting around and she started singing to herself. He started singing Lilac Wine, and I went, oh, my God, there's something 
a lot deeper going on yeah. here. Yeah. You know, and it's funny because that's what she's doing now. Yeah. I call her a cabaret rock. I call what she does cabaret rock and roll. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or rock and roll cabaret. I, yeah. I mean, I just think, and I try to explain to her. I tried when I recently interviewed her, and I said the same thing, and she said no. There's a lot of drag queens doing this long before me, you know. Uh, and uh, well, the funny thing is, she she still sees herself as a big burly guy. Yeah. 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 Um, she's amazing. Yeah, she really is. Um, I should wrap up. Sure. Sure. Uh, anything hey. else you want to talk about? No, this is great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, I appreciate spending the time with you. Yeah, it's you know? uh, very uh, wonderful. Uh, good luck with Oregon Music News, the magazine. Uh, it and looks good like luck with where, Go Local. Oh, yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah. Where can you uh, – golocalpdx.com is actually the website. There you go. Interested in it. Yeah. Um, I'm really easy to find on Twitter. I'm at Byron Beck, and uh, you can follow me on Facebook at Byron Beck. And Instagram. I, Instagram, Byron Beck. <laughs> uh, I think I'm on Tumblr uh, <laughs> and Ello and – Something, I'm, a couple other things, but I'm not on LinkedIn. I don't know why. I don't know why anybody's on LinkedIn. <laughs> I, I just don't. I don't <laughs> want to do LinkedIn. I've it never. Seems, I, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn, but I've never used it for anything. Yeah, I, I don't want to be on LinkedIn. <laughs> uh, but uh, and Oregon Music News, where can you find the magazine? We're all over town. Okay. Uh, there is, a, you know, if you if you go to go to the site, there's 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 a place there that you, you know to to, to find it. Um, uh, I mean, there's you can click on it. And there's, there's a full list of places. It'll be more. It'll expand with, with the with the January issue. Great. Uh, and we're distributed by Oregon Litho. We're designed by Oregon Litho. We're uh, printed by Oregon Litho. And thank God for Oregon Litho. Okay. All right. I think thanks you got a lot. Plugs in there for them. Uh, happy holidays and happy New Year. Same too.